center to recovery, not a rescue. Meteorologists say the last time low temperatures broke minus 30. Hear me? Have we checked out his ears? Henry Deaver. The devil is in Castle Rock. All right. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Castle Rock stars, and welcome back to another episode of the Castle Rock Historical Society. I am Hannah Selector, and I am joined, as always, by the hardworking Acadia Einstein. That's me. I am, f- I am feeling inadequate this episode. I just oh. feel like, you know, very flatlined in my response to this episode, very lukewarm about it. I don't think I had any profound thoughts. You know, not that my thoughts are profound. No, they but... are. They are. And I think that your reception to this episode is not uncommon from you know stuff i've seen i don't think it's anybody's favorite episode got a lot of people saying that it was very american horror story ish that you know they get a little ways in and they're like shit we need a bigfoot or something you know because they they think they've lost something certainly very hotel with the bed and breakfast murder scene i just think that it was a lot of they've got to move stuff around and yeah, it felt a little frenetic. Yes. I don't know. But also, I but, was confused by just things that happened in the order that they happened in. So, in case you were one, like worried that you wouldn't have things to do, you can correct me when I am inevitably wrong about the order of, of occurrences. Well, I do have a chronologically ordered set of notes. Yeah, so you that. do. <laughs> so, be. as is tradition... Let us talk about title meanings. This one wasn't as much as usual. I mean, I was thinking there are two meanings to past, like in the past, or mm-hmm. we've gone beyond something. So I'm thinking it's the time travel type. I went full English major on it. I love that because I am one of those. Because, yes, but you were also sad the whole time that this was going on because there was not enough to cling to. But I was thinking about it. Yeah. If you've never listened to the show before, a lot of it consists of me ranting about how there are other worlds and how that's going to be the the way that this all ends up. And I may try to actually mush everything into that box. However, I do feel like for myself, this episode did push a few things in that direction on their own. And one of them was the title because the actual grammatical definition of past perfect tense is oh, to, shit, Acadia! It's to denote something that happened before something else. So Molly had already died when she talked to the kid in her bedroom. So... I wish you guys could see my face right now. <laughs> She's doing full Home Alone. <laughs> he went grammar on me! <laughs> the running joke in my family about my degree is because, you know, I'm not allowed to spell anything wrong or make mm-hmm. a grammatical error so i've had to come up with the refrain of i was an english major not a grammar major yeah that's right studied literature you know that's right it was not, the meaning i don't understand grammar anyway do continue this is great that and the big reveal for me in this was in one of the the offhand remarks we mentioned it in the in the hot take was when ruth who is a lot more we all agree ruth is a lot more with it 
when she's with it mm-hmm. than she lets on. And I don't think we should should let go of the fact that we know that there are more than a few times when she was just outright lying to Henry about what she knew and didn't know. Like, forget about, yes, it was it was beautiful how much she loved Pangborn and all that stuff, but uh, she knows that a bunch oh, yeah. of shit went on and she wasn't telling Henry any of it. When they mm-hmm. talk about Reverend Appleton calling Henry to say that his mother had, had shown up, and she says, is Alan dead or alive this time? Mm-hmm. And it rolls it all back into the, we've had this conversation before, we'll have this conversation again. Very cyclical, almost too heavy-handed in the Dark Tower world as far as, you know, go, then there are other worlds than these and these things, you know, all wheels turn, that kind of thing. Because uh-huh. another thing that we haven't talked about specifically on the show from a from a Dark Tower standpoint is the concept of Ka, which for some people might be the way I say automobile, but in ah. this instance, it's not. It's K-A, and in Roland's world, it essentially means fate. And a Ka-Tet mm. is a group of people who are joined together by fate. So Aww. now the thing that Roland always say. says is Ka is a wheel. So... Whatever your fate is, it's going to come around again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This episode, them so very, very specifically saying, listen, you've got to get in your mind that stuff has happened out of order. Things that you're looking at now may not be happening when you think they're happening. Ending with, of course, the big thing where, you know, the kid says, you know, that was where you died. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Past perfect for me. Purely a tense. Love it. Love everything about it. Kind of going to ditch my perfect has two, well, perfect and perfect. Past perfect. You may attempt to fix the past, but my stuff all sounds very shallow now. No. That was all I had. No, because actually, now that I think about it, the past being perfect, depending on your point of view, Mm -hmm. is very much appropriate, depending on which past you're looking at. True. I mean, I'm sure that Molly doesn't think that it's great to be able to hear people's thoughts, but she probably prefers it to the scenario where she's dead. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> she's doing a lot of opioid driving, which seems a little oh, suicidal to me, yeah, so who is, knows? That's a bad bit of business right there. So yeah, is someone attempting to perfect the past? I mean, it seems as if Ruth can maybe affect some changes or at least get some do-overs i don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on there we still don't know nope but there you go i do i give them all the credit in the world for us still not knowing yeah like legitimately not having a friggin clue what they're gonna end up doing got two episodes left people i don't know how you're gonna slap a bow on this but i know all right better not lost it i'm worried that it's gonna be like one of those frantic day crescendos that isn't satisfying you know but uh, I'm going to let them do their thing. We'll do mm-hmm. that. Uh, if I have to write fan fiction, I'll write fan fiction. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. And we'll, we might do it right after we finish recording. You don't know. <laughs> do a dramatic reading. <laughs> I've always wanted to have, like, a YouTube show or a podcast where I read bad fan fiction, which would means I wouldn't be reading my own. I'd be trying to find somebody else's, but... Oh seems funny well, i, but I could... wonder if there's any castle rock fan fiction i'm trying to think of like what the the romantic oh some henry and the kids stuff maybe oh man 
I guess right after this, we're going to Reddit because that's going to be... See, that's the kind of thing where we really need a Patreon because I just want to read weirdo Stephen King fan fiction dramatically. Oh, man. We Hank Gordon Lacey or oh, Ruth gotta... and somebody else. I don't know. We got a lot to do. Ruth, Ruth and the kid. Oh. It's basically her husband. I don't know. Except that she can touch him and not get cancer. True that. She's already got dementia, though, so it's like, yeah, how would we know true. what's going on there? Fair enough. Anyway, episode eight opens on an awkward sort of academic scene. Now, we I still haven't settled on whether... I swear this is a job interview, but or like some sort of colleague discussion, because I don't right. know why you'd mention tenure in a doctoral panel, but okay. what the hell do I care, I guess? Repression is a dirty word. Yeah. Not so in Castle Rock, though. No, no, you shove that shit way down, deep, deep, deep down. <laughs> All the way to the soles of your shoes. That's right. You just let it fester quietly as a mm-hmm. mental illness in your guts. And then I have a note that says, heuristic cake sounds disgusting. <laughs> because <laughs> they're like, evolutionary somethings want to have their Ugh. heuristic cake and eat it eat too. It and too. I'm like, Ugh. what that does that gross. even mean? Like... Heuristic is like hands-on, right? Like you let someone learn for themselves, yeah. I guess. I, yeah. Whatever. Academics are insufferable yep. is the lesson that we are taught in this opening scene. And mm-hmm. that Gordon is wound super-duper tight. Yes. But they don't... So, I mean, I guess the crescendo of that is the whole, hey, guess what? Things aren't going to go your way, you smug bastard, because you fucked my wife. Yeah, that was a whole thing. And Very then, awkward, and but then, not by far not the most awkward scene in this episode. No, we'll not at all. Good God, I just felt uncomfortable a lot. And that was but, a lot of clobbering. Yeah, and like neither of those two guys in the background even stood up. Nope. Which I thought was just watching it happen. Like, okay. It's like they had just been waiting. They're like, here he goes. You knew this I was coming. I guess you'd be shocked. Yeah, I suppose. And uh, whatever. But clearly this is why they had to move. Yeah. Because he got fired. For sure. And was it you? It was you was it you last night that that had the crazy cool dig about Needful Things? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Needful Things shop in the epilogue of the actual novel, the state that Gaunt moves his next store to is dun 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 Iowa, where Mm -hmm. Gordon comes from. Yep. So So there's a little thingy for you. Aha! Uh-huh. Not that's... saying it has any bearing on why Gordon has such troubles, just that no. that's a thing that happened. Yes. And I also think that it's a very appropriate way to deal with needful things because, as we know, it's troubled. The relationship yeah. between this world and what mm-hmm. we consider the needful things story is troubled at best. Right. Exactly. And there's some things that are missing and mm-hmm. or didn't happen people who are not around that are very important i just like that movie iowa (laughs) from (laughs) iowa to castle rock Mm -hmm. and all the interactions between gordon and his wife are terrible i i know the affair is part of the reason but i also just think they're horrible people they are really hard to take yes this is, they're off-putting, and I couldn't stand them being on screen together because they so clearly resent each other, and I would resent both of them, too, just being around them at all. <laughs> do, pe- do people really tie sweaters around their shoulders? Is that a thing I've it's funny, only Mrs. ever Axe seen said the same in movies? Thing. 
she said no one's ever done that no one's yeah, ever exactly. really done that no one outside of a movie has ever done that yep. just like and... i don't think people outside of movies just walk into the water with their shoes on like regardless yeah. of what's going on like you don't yeah it's a whole i i don't know they're they're terrible i hate them i think the characters are stupid and i don't I'm glad they're dead, question mark? I think both of them died. She died. Yeah, 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 they both died. Okay. I knew he died with the axe to the head, but she was, like, bleeding out on the floor. But she was body by the end of the episode. Yes. And the one thing I will say about that initial awkward ride to Mm -hmm. the hotel, it was a lot like the awkward ride that the Torrances had on their way up to the Overlook. Ah, yes, and they're going to renovate this place for a bed and breakfast. Yes, so it's exactly. kind of like that. <laughs> exactly. So I thought that was kind of fun. The fact and that they... much like The Shining, it ends in a bloodbath. Yep, with an axe. With an axe! Mm-hmm. Da-da-da! So yeah, they arrive and start immediately putting up a bunch of chickens in Lacey's old house. I didn't get that. I want to make a cock joke, but again, my mom listens to this episode, and it's just... Yeah. listens to this show not, not just this episode but, but she's not gonna listen to it after this because there's just but i wanted to be like gordon's wife loves cock look she at loves all it. the she can't get enough i just They're i'm everywhere. sorry i'm sorry everyone you this, didn't deserve that and this. my mom didn't either but it happened and now we have to live with it mrs selector she is such a great gal she is as pink as her headphones right now, just embarrassed by having to make totally. the obvious joke. And generally, that's my job. So thanks for taking one for the team there, Hannah. We're swapping roles because I have nothing value to contribute on this episode. <laughs> so. I'm just going to be, I'll be the funny guy this time. Done and done. Woohoo! <laughs> and we've got a lot of mannequins. They brought a lot of mannequins. Yeah. I, I don't know why they thought this was good for their concept. I think that immediately upon seeing a mannequin, most people are like, this is cheesy. Yes. Unless it's in Silent Hill, in which case you think, that's scary. Mm, that's true, too. Mm. But they're the only ones who've pulled it off. Sexy so there. Horses. The, the <laughs> that's a thing. The, uh, the, the idea they had, and let's just talk about this for a minute, because I did think it was fun that they the, the writers yeah. tapped into the true crime fa- you know, craze. Saying, okay, well, we're going to actually make the true crime destination and Mm -hmm. embrace the entire thing. Which, I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody running a ghost tour or, you know, a murder tour or whatever. And the fact that Castle Rock would have a lot of stories to tell, it's not Mm -hmm. a bad business Mm -hmm. plan. It's really not. No, and certainly there's a market for it. I mean, I think we are living in the golden age of true crime fandom, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think there's a slippery slope between interest and voyeurism and, like, being reverent in a sort of way. But that's a discussion for a whole other time. This might be one of those instances where it veers into something where I, as a diehard true crime fan, would be like, this feels a little bit too skeezy to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to make an attraction out of somebody's horrid demise. Exactly. Like, more more power to you, Gordon and Lilith. Like, whatever. Unless it's in oldie times, in which case, whatever. Yeah, yeah, people used to go to public stonings. Exactly. They deserved it. Death has always death has always been a spectacle to humans. We're terrible. True. And 
so the phone number on Castle Rock Historic Bed and Breakfast doesn't work either. Stop giving me phone numbers to yep. call and not making them fun Easter eggs yep. for me. Like, or, how hard would it be for Castle Rock to buy, the like, the TV show, to buy these phone numbers and make a little phone recording so that they can reward me for my efforts? It's so lazy to me. Especially Warner Brothers owns the domain name that was on the sign. Right. Just they could have like, thrown up a, you know, coming soon, something like that, you know, that, that they didn't have time to do it. Yeah, pay an intern, like... You can make it a web page like woo. Yeah. So quick. And I've definitely I don't remember what the piece of media was, but I've definitely had one where you could call the number and it like pretended to be the business in the show. Yep. Like I know this has been done before. It's it's not and a problem whatsoever to do. If you want us to be participating in this like mysterious show, I think that would have been a really cool thing for them to do for us. Yes. So. But whatever. I'm a little bitter. Maybe just because of this episode. Yeah. You got, I, I don't know. It's you're down. I'm gonna bring you back up. Don't worry. I promise. I, I got you. But I called. I did call Shawshank too, and that one didn't work. So mm. it's not just this. No, but it is. And annoying. so in in the process of decorating their new B and B, Lilith says that she found a key to the basement, and I wonder where all of the hundreds of paintings that the widow said he did are. And lo and behold. They're in the basement. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And, I mean, good fucking thing Mrs. Lacey is blind because you gotta think she'd be jealous that her husband is painting hundreds of portraits of a man. Right. And not her. Yeah. Seems like it would cause some tension in a, in a or, sighted couple. Or maybe maybe he told her he was painting him of her. No, I prefer the image of, oh, Mrs. Lacey, you're my muse. Slap, slap, uh. paint on the canvas, but he's actually just painting the kid. Uh. Draw me like one of your boys in a cage. <laughs> Draw me like one of your scars guards. <laughs> also, how do I get a hold of one of these prop paintings? I, don't know. I would pay a substantial sum of yes, money. I, There's like fifty of them. There's a I ton. want one. There's a ton. I deserve one. Quite would you honestly. would you be willing to like just take whichever one you got? Oh, absolutely, yes. And it would find a prominent place in my house, and I'd love it forever. That seems like something they should have done. I did pick out, like, two or three that were my favorite, though. That were, that yeah. Know, like, <laughs> that, like, oh, those colors would match my kitchen, or See? whatever. I wouldn't hang a painting in my kitchen, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't Obviously, know. Obviously, I want the important one, but that one's going to go to somebody. But what are they going to do with them, conceivably? You know? They're just going to sit in some prop garage until somebody needs, hey, Somebody invent a Bill Skarsgård museum so that we can use these props again. Never right. I'm sure he has one of them. I yeah, hope. He must. But yeah, I want one. Yeah. Scares that care. You're a charity for horror people. That's right. Get one of those paintings and I will buy one at and an auction. Bid the shit out of it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's Get on that. I or, don't have a ton of money, but if you're I will an artist, beat up people. Just make a half-ass painting of Bill Skarsgård, and Hannah will be very happy and excited about that. True that. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can't have the real thing, then a, then a painting. You're Whatever. Damn right. So, then they get a booking after, oh, well, I guess we'll, <clears throat> you don't want to skip over the other awkward scene of, like, the wife trying to make amends in her negligee and him being like, no, I'm going to paint mannequins because I'm still mad at you. Yes, I'm still mad. And the fact that she said, 
And can't this we just is, pretend like it didn't happen? That's the same thing she says later. So when she's helping him cover up a murder. Right. But when you're talking about alternate timelines, then it never happens. Ah. Takes on a lot more weight when you think. Mm-hmm. It does. How now, about that? What I don't get is how is the payoff for the basement a million paintings of Bill Skarsgård and a toaster oven? Like, I didn't see a, right? a chain link, you know, Henry pen or anything no like that. No dirt floor either. I mean, obviously, the, yeah. the, the kid has what to say. By the way, maybe by this episode, Skarsgård figured out that they're only paying him for when he talks. So he was just a regular chatterbox this episode. Right. And I mean, why would the basement have to be locked if that was all that was down there, too? Yeah. Unless you're, like, embarrassed that you've painted hundreds of paintings of Bill Skarsgård, which, I like, okay. I think that is worthy of embarrassment. What are you trying to say, Acadia? No, I'm saying if you're a painter, <laughs> if you're a painter... You should branch out. Yeah, true. You know, it's they all look kind of like him, so it's not like he's practicing. No, yeah. You know? None of them was an extremely great likeness. They were all sort of abstract in a way. Yeah. It just made me he wasn't a super good painter. Also, I guess he had to do it from memory. Uh, one of them did have the prison bars in it, but I don't think he was, like, shoving those canvases down that hatch. And then trying to smuggle no. them back up. So he must have just been coming home and doing them from memory. Yeah. And I'm like, is this some sort of therapy? Because, you know, you try and, like, do something creative to express things and yeah. get them out of your system. And who knows what's going on there. There's a lot. Either way, probably a good thing his wife is blind. Because mm-hmm. that soup's weird. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, I, weird. I would have questions. Oh, and then we have the super, super early booking. Like, you would not expect them yes. to get anybody to come in there right away, but they do. And in the time that it takes for these people to arrive, Lilith has put on a dress and everything and baked a pie. Yep. Is that a bed and breakfast thing? I guess it's supposed to be more like you're staying at someone's house. That you don't know that you have to pay. Oh, it's so awkward. Yeah, and then you like... You, like, have to socialize. Like, you have yeah. to have a glass of wine with the people who are hosting. I don't want to be involved yeah, in no, that way with, anywhere with, I'm staying. No. No. You know where they don't do that? Regular hotels. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Most I want to say to anyone at a hospitality place is, what is the Wi-Fi password? What's the Wi-Fi password? And got any more of those cookies? Because sometimes they have cookies ah. when you check in, and those are pretty, pretty great. I have a question for you. During the awkward, super awkward, they're explaining their business plan and everything. And this quote couple, unquote, who when asked how long they've been married, give the Mm -hmm. amount of time they've been married to their actual spouses. Because I think she says 12 years and he says two years. And Now, what I interpreted that as is she says 13 years and he's like, this is my second marriage. Like, this is number two for me. Oh, that's what I interpreted it as, because otherwise it doesn't make any damn sense. I thought when they said they just wanted a little sleepy little out-of-the-way place is that they were both cheating on their respective spouses and they just needed a place to bang where they weren't oh, going to get caught. Oh, for a second I thought you were suggesting that one of them was a prostitute. But that, that also makes sense. I didn't even go there. Because it's a bed and breakfast. If you're not, like, why would you, I'm sorry, hey, there's a selector. Money. Why would you bang that loudly if you knew you were just essentially right next door to people that you don't know? That's what I've got 
in my notes. I'm like, why? What are you people doing? People don't do this. And like that whole we just needed a sleepy little town thing. Your affair explanation makes sense because obviously they want to go somewhere that whatever. No one's and that catch makes him. that makes Gordon's stabby stabby episode make much more sense too because obviously that's a trigger he's... for him. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I think that you're right. Actually. They just really had a bit of bad luck there with their hey, where yeah. they could well, have gone to a... the Eva. They could have gone to Eva's old boarding house in Jerusalem's lot if it hadn't yeah. burned down. But maybe it didn't a in this way. Karmic retribution there. Yep. For these people, Gordon was I... the was the knife of fate. Maybe they shouldn't have made fun of his decorations or concept. Because they were that one guy was like, oh, and young people, as if young people are the only people into true crime. Yeah, but, right. You know, rude. They were rude. Yeah. They were awkward. Everything was awkward, and everybody was rude. Yeah. So, as a matter of fact, if they had all just killed each other right then, everybody would have been relieved. I yeah, I wouldn't have cared at all. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, I don't know how his wife slept through that. She was just wearing a mask, not earplugs. But okay. dang, okay. I wish I slept that well. Did... I have in my notes here. Did Gordon stab these people? And then my next note is, oh, yes, he did. <laughs> you foreshadowed yourself. Yeah, because I write them in real time as yep. stuff is happening, and I'll, like, pause, and then it's like, oh, yeah, because yeah. the, the sex screaming turned to stab screaming. Yep. Not that there was much of a difference. No, but, I mean, Gordon being involved, just getting in yeah. the mix with his with his stabbing, and make it so much more work for himself. Yeah, also, I just don't know how he took them both out. Surely somebody could have overpowered two against one. Yeah, you but know? they were and they weren't, not. They weren't sleeping. No, but they were busy and, yeah, and not, you know, they were Making probably sweaty and preoccupied. Yeah, yeah, Get, that would catch you off guard. I suppose. And honestly, if you're cheating on your spouse and somebody bursts in, I think your guard would immediately go down if you saw that it was not one of the spouses and it was just the weird hotel dude. You I'm know, still n- impressed that Gordon got the jump on everybody. Yeah. And killed them both. Although yeah. there was a lot of stabbing, so yes. well, that was a whole mess. Yeah. There, there was a lot of knife work in this, and there was a nod to another another movie that has nothing, as far as I know, to do with any Stephen King thing. But hmm. we'll, when we get there, I'll I'll bring it up. All right. Certainly not the first stabby hotel. Now I just had no. a psycho moment. <laughs> yeah. And Ruth stabbed what's-his-face through a shower curtain. The kid. Very true. Ree, ree, with a ree. screwdriver. It kind of a, yeah, it was a bit of a reversal. Or the woman... Yep. conquering that whole deal yeah thank goodness we move on to molly now because i was i was done with everybody in that whole yeah. D&D for a while go molly go she's gonna rescue henry she yep. wakes up from sleeping on top of the covers in her clothes which is totally something that people do everyone in this town is so weird i i know i keep saying it but i just i don't i don't get them i don't they're all very odd they are no offense to any of our listeners who sometimes lay stoically on top of their bed covers at night like a vampire. <laughs> I bet everybody's doing it right now, though, because it's so goddamn hot. Oh, yeah. Well, get a fan. Life hack. <laughs> Life hack. Because I can't sleep not under covers. It doesn't feel right, so I have to have a fan blasting in our bedroom so that I can still cover up. <laughs> So, Molly is driving 
to rescue Henry because, of course, she's seeing or feeling or whatever she's doing with her powers. She's Henry all up in, in him. Stress. In the, yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and they're kind of blending the idea of Henry and Molly sharing these thoughts because you're never sure, like, what direction they're coming from when yep. the scenes are jumping around. Very anyway, true. I did a lot of frantic pausing to catch <laughs> all of the images in this weird whatever that I think only actually took 30 seconds, but for me right. it was like five minutes. There's the Bible on the dirt floor. There's the chain link surrounding him. There's a set of like fuse boxes and controls on a brick wall, the woods, Willie and Odin, a water heater, brick columns in the basement, uh, some sort of universe galaxy scene thing. The kids screaming you no. You mean like the looking... paintings on the wall of the doctor's office galaxy type things? Yeah, it kind of, it looked like real though. Like okay. Pho- photorealistic of the galaxy. All right. Then possibly my favorite scene of the whole show, which is the kid like all well-groomed looking normal and being like, no, in a sort of like he's trying to stop something heroically kind of fashion. Yeah, super human Yeah, very like, oh my gosh, trying to prevent something bad from happening. Yeah. And then he like sees himself, I guess, locked in the filter, young Henry... Someone breaking into the filter with the fire extinguisher, which, did Molly do that when she rescued him? I don't think we saw. No, no, I didn't see. Then, I didn't think so either. I think she just turned it. But campfire, the painting of the kid's face blurring into the universe, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And then someone calling out Henry. I didn't recognize the voice. A light coming on in the basement or the cellar, wherever the cage is. And then that was that. So there was a lot going on there there was one thing that stuck out for me in that and i think you just described it but you didn't say it specifically okay there's a shot and i think it's young henry in the basement it's right near the end yeah i swear he's holding a screwdriver oh I or didn't a poker that. it's no. either that or the guy with the cane or maybe the cane was not a cane maybe it's a poker yeah i i didn't catch that i did see willie or odin holding a poker but but there's something I, in the in the basement that guy in the basement and it does not i believe it appear in any way to be lacy's basement so no i don't think so either at this point especially after we've seen the full thing yeah. And once I'd slowed all of that down and, like, watched it, now I'm leaning towards maybe it's Desjardins, because yeah. we know he has that side cellar entrance, too, that Henry didn't end up going down, but they lingered over it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And it seems like he'd have a dirt floor, honestly. My basic cable painting show, Lacey's Basement, is going to have ah. to, you know, be postponed until at least after. Yeah they figure out where Henry was actually being kept, if it was Henry, which it probably wasn't, which we'll get to. And Molly does manage to rescue him, lead him out of the filter, and he's like, where are those men? I don't know, but we know where one of them is. Odin's dead. He's got a fire poker in his eyeball. Was it that or was it a screwdriver? I thought it was a fire poker. I don't know. Or like a marshmallow roasting stick. We're going to know in one second. Because I'm, I'm looking right. at it right now. So let's see. Pan down, pan down, away from the fire. It's got a wooden handle, but it does not look like a round handle. So I don't know what the heck it is. 
I mean, I just assumed it was some poetic justice for Willie, and he was like, nah, I changed my mind. I don't think I really want to be forcibly deafened with a fire poker. Fuck you, Odin. Stab. That's what I would have assumed as well. But, but is that too easy? Who the hell knows what's going yeah. on with this show? I don't want. I don't even know. It definitely it looks like something you'd find in a toolbox. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those, like, telescoping marshmallow roasters. Ooh, have you seen those? That's possible. They have wooden handles. Yep. You're right. Little, that could be. And the fire cheerful. was still going. Yeah. You know, roasting marshmallows with the guy that's going to stab your eardrums with a scalding hot piece of metal. Yep. Seems about standard for Castle Rock. Oh, and the nod. Odin was a one-eyed god. Oh, smart. Nice. Smart. That's why I guess he didn't shove the thing up his nose into his brain. (laughs) No, because he wasn't an Egyptologist. He was like an audiologist. Mm -hmm. I I have to say I'm a little baffled by Odin's death. I thought he was going to end up being a a big source of information. Now, he could be in like a flashback, but honestly, I expected more from him. I did too, unless one of my other crazy theories is true, that the schisma is the MacGuffin of Castle Rock Season 1. The, the what now? The like MacGuffin is the trigger for the plot. Like, it's the the, ah. the Maltese Falcon was the MacGuffin because that was the thing that they were trying to get. You know, the, the, the Lost gotcha, Ark gotcha, gotcha. is the thing they're trying to get. In this instance, the schisma is the thing that's causing people to do this and do that and everything like that. But the mm-hmm. thing that does not compute for me, and it's still, and I'm just going to meander into crazy theory land now because... I am still unconvinced. If you're going to draw a Venn diagram of Team Lacey, you got Team Lacey on one side, and Uh all that's in it are Lacey, Mrs. Lacey, and Pangborn. Then on the other side, you have Team Schisma, which is Odin, Willie, and the Reverend. The only two things in the middle are Henry. Henry and the kid. Yeah. I don't think the the hunting for the schisma and the and the reverend and all that have anything to do with what Lacey thought he was doing. Yeah, I'm with you on that one because there's the overlap seems to be in some ways it's like team science and then team religion kind of. Yes. But the schisma's the thing in the middle and like Reverend Deaver was like halfway between both of those things it seemed like. Mhm. And also not for nothing, Lacey did not say he heard God's voice. He said God talked to him. Right, with, like, actual words. Right. And, like, he told me to go to this place. He told me to do this thing. It wasn't, like, abstract. It was actual instructions. Right. And and how to build a cage and whatever. Who better to pretend to be God than someone who already knows what's going to happen and is unstuck from space and time so they can just fucking say... Hey, <laughs> the Patriots well, are going to win the Super Bowl at such and such. I think Lacey got manipulated into grabbing the kid. By who, though? I think. Or you you don't know. Well, who my, do you think? my universal Crazy theory. theory. All right. You I think, think it's that Randall Flagg. When they, <laughs> when they did the, the and we're, we're going to jump way ahead. Because you know what, folks? Honestly, shot by shot this episode, I mean. It made no goddamn sense no, anyway. No, And I I love the fact that, that Molly decided to just chug all four of her pills and then just go night driving. That was that was a Drive. smart choice. But Ugh. the the 1991 picture, which was the only one of the kid that did not look like he was 20 six years old he did look a little younger in that one not much wearing the same shirt as henry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
obviously Henry's thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I wore that shirt. I why is this like this and bringing up these these memories, etc. You, Hannah, have never let go of the scar across the abdomen, uh-huh. which one could say getting stabbed with a screwdriver would cause a scar. So if things are mm-hmm. flipping over on themselves, I still believe, and I'm going to fill it in a little bit now. Yeah, I've also age... got an idea for the scar that isn't the screwdriver now. So Oh, nice. The age of the kid when he was caught, because they said, and I don't know what they're trying to do with the age or anything like that, but they never said the child that was quote-unquote lost, they never said died. The Deaver's originally ch- original child, they said they lost a child. Now, See, this is what I wanted it to be in the beginning, too, that the kid is the Deaver's biological child, but he's wrong somehow. Or, you know how I love my twinners, or they took that version of him mm-hmm. because they wanted him back, and the only way that they could get him back was to be able to flip to where they were, and that's why he wanted Henry to be able to hear it, because Henry would be able to flip. So when he wrote the thing that said Henry did it to Pangborn, he wasn't talking about Henry pushed me off the cliff. He was talking about Henry mm-hmm. did the thing I wanted him to do. Now the thing that breaks right. my, but that breaks my Venn diagram because the fuck would he tell Pangborn for? Because no that implies, idea. you know what I mean? Because Pangborn obviously didn't have any idea what he was talking about or didn't let on that he did. Right. Didn't. And didn't have a good relationship with the Reverend either. He's not, not a friend or a confidant. And I think the Reverend hated him. Yeah. So, so to me, this whole thing about, and oh my God, if I have to hear one more person say that the kid is actually good and it's not his fault and blah, 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 and everything like that. And he's just misunderstood. Everybody stop it. Everybody just go no. back. Just no. Go back and watch the prison video. Be whoever you want. Make up your own story. Just talk your own amount of shit. Okay, well, how about I watch a bunch of videotapes about the fucking reverend and then pretend that I'm the reverend and then know a bunch about all this other shit because I just wander around the woods like a fucking weirdo and just become whatever I want. Everything he says is a lie. To me... Fair enough. Now, I have to interject that even if he is bad now... I'm the number one kid apologist, but some of the lines have me thinking, and especially like Henry saying maybe prison is what drove him insane, blah, blah, blah. But also like, I didn't ask for this. He may not have started off as something bad. That's, that's fair. Something out of his control has happened. We've established now. We don't know what it is or what's happened. I do think now he's not a good, he's not, he can't be a good guy right now. No. There's, there's too much going on, but they seem to be implying that at some point he was. I rescued you from the basement. You know, I didn't ask for any of this. I have also spent 27 years in a hole, in a box, which, if SeaWorld is any indication, will do <laughs> bad things to, to, to things, to, to intelligent brains. beings. Yeah. That's very true. But I also think so, there's... Did he not age because of what happened to him? Or did it happen to him because he was magical and did not age? Or is he a vampire? And that's why we are introducing Jerusalem's Lot. Oh. Vampires don't age. That's right, they they don't. You're right. 
Hmm. Maybe the bucket was full of blood. The uh, kid just keeps getting sexier. Yeah, is that's what, true. You know, that's true. Add the vampire thing, and we're all—it's over. Yeah, he's got little big old pupils and crookedy shoulders. What a what a yeah, catch! The, I still want to know what the shoulder stoop is about. <laughs> Henry is Henry might not be original Henry. I am. Right. I'm still down with that. I think that the original Henry was sacrificed. To get the kid here. And then I uh-huh. think, I think that Ruth knew that that was a fucked up crazy thing to do and mm-hmm. fucking time walked and told Lacey to capture the kid to fuck him up because it was too late for her to save OG Henry. Her. But it was not too late to keep the horror of her dead son from coming back. Yeah. And she does. Uh- it would be interesting if that were true, because then how much of a father's mannerisms would a kid pick up if, like, you know, or know things about him and whatever? And I mean, the I, only theme, although, the only theme in I King, think Ruth's reaction would be different. She would recognize a son, wouldn't she? In some way, maybe. But I think she's harder than she lets on. Like she's yeah, what she says. She's a bitch. She's not a son of a bitch. She's a bitch. She and she doesn't deserve happiness, right? You know, but she loves adopted Henry so much. Yes, and I think well, I, don't know. I mean the fact is is that the twinner Henry didn't ask for any of it either. True that. You know what I mean. So, but I think her being able to manipulate events, or mm-hmm. at least understand that events are being manipulated is going to be the end game of this series because I think it's not Henry's not bad this whole thing about it's flipped and Henry's the bad one and the kid is the good one or anything like that I don't think any of that has anything to do with it they are establishing the fact like I said before there are a bunch of worlds and a bunch of timelines and the yeah. one that knows it is Ruth because she's right. the only one that's even said mm-hmm. that she knows this it. time Yes, yeah. this time, and we've done this before, we're going to do it again, all that kind of stuff. Right. That's my 20 bucks to win on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ruth is the key. If, if indeed this ends up being true, I would like all listeners to go back to one of the first episodes where we recorded where I proposed that the kid was, in fact, their biological child. Yep. Because I will eat up all the credit for this. Yep. Jake, just kidding. I've just been riding but your I- coattails ever since. <laughs> no, I just feel like I need something because, again, I, this episode just threw me. It, it all sounds great. I just hate that, like, anything could be true at this point. Yep. It, it's so... It's a bizarre place to be where I feel like we're getting closer to the end, but our confidence in what's going on is getting less and less. Yes, and I think that, that I'm I'm trying very hard to not veer into the American Horror Story... Uh, thought process where they just and and the best example is coven which was my favorite season by far mm. my favorite season because it introduced um my scrawny goddess emma roberts, emma roberts. Yeah. yes <laughs> um they started that season out so great with okay it's like a sorority but it's witches and they all have powers and this thing and everything like that by the end of it they were like breaking into international banks to kill which killer like it was just they keep throwing a bunch of shit in at the end and oh maybe there'll be a submarine and stuff and that's what i don't want to have happen with this because unless 
and this is the piece, and I'm going to ask you straight up, what purpose, what purpose did the couple from Des Moines serve to the series? What did they, what did they do? What was the point? Or do you think there is one and we don't know it yet? Well, it, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they've moved characters for us somehow. They well, now everybody's on the run. He- yeah, they've gotten Henry into Lacey's house. They've um, gotten Jackie now inexorably tied to one of the main characters of the show because they've got this, like, murder that they both committed and now she can be important or whatever. And they've connected the kid now with those paintings and everything to the Lacey household, I guess. I- you know, I don't like the couple from Des Moines. They feel cheap to me, but they're clearly a plot device, I think. They've got to be. The reason I think that there's more to their story is when he's yeah. asked, is that Castle Lake? Now, yeah, that may have been foreshadowing because he knew that, you know, Lacey had driven his car into Castle Lake and he was thinking about it from the standpoint of his business. That mm-hmm. may explain that, but... I don't 100% think it does because I think the kid had adverse right. adverse effects on the people at the birthday party, that kind of thing. Yeah. But Gordon didn't so let's need get any weird. of those. Yeah, exactly. Like, did, was it just the pictures so, that did it? Well, now, some people, may, some people in our mailbag have kind of gotten on this track. Let's say that history teacher book slap Gordon is the little kid in the birthday party scene. Okay. Let's also say that that was in the past and not happening at the time and the kid somehow was able to go there and witness it. Mm-hmm. Why would the kid have memories of that? Is the kid the baby in the scene? Is the kid, you know, I, I just like, what's the connection there? Why would the kid care about that memory? He can't exploit it with Gordon because Gordon's dead now. Like, what character from that scene, if it's related to Gordon, who is the Iowa teacher guy who now comes back to Castle Rock, it would explain why he knows what Castle Lake is because he grew up there. Right. Then, and it was the, you know, whatever year it was. Yeah, I guess he it can't, he's not that old, though. Who, the kid or Gordon? No, Gordon. Well, so, let's see here. I was guessing him to be, like, in his 50s. If he's in his 50s, that means he was born in the 60s. And that's right. not now, animal cracker he, time. No, but then his parents would know that song from way back yes, when. And, you know, you kind yes. of, you expose your kids. Yeah. To, I grew up listening to, like, Journey and Led Zeppelin, because that's what my parents listened to when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, anyway, I just said I was going to get weird. I, there's got to be a way that Gordon knows about Castle Rock. Yeah. You know, it has to be. And, and I think if he grew up there, that would be enough. That would be enough. But that also and, feels cheap to me. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well. And I don't want I, them to I cheap out because they have not cheap cheaped things. out on anything yet that I can Except that I can Jackie see. Jackie Torrance. Well. Uh, and this episode. Damn it. <laughs> was a little cheapy if on the surface it is what it is. You know, I'm just going to do a little brief aside. Just for a second, because the scene where, because we've gotten like maybe five minutes into the actual plot of the show, but it doesn't matter. This is a very special episode of Castle Rock Historical Society in which Hannah and Acadia flail about. So just get ready to flail with us. Exactly. When, When Molly brings Henry back to his house and they're talking in the car... And she's talking about how, you know, oh, people have been calling me crazy my whole life, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
obviously this harkening is good, back. This is exactly where we left off. Yeah, so obviously harkening back to last episode when he told her she was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to tell me from a, a woman's point of view. To me, the fact that he said, he didn't say, I'm sorry, I called you crazy. He said, you're not crazy. As if he's the fucking authority of crazy. So before I said you were, now I'm going to undo yeah. it so that you can feel good that you're not. Like, is that just like, do, do guys just, do I just talk like that all the time? Like, is that how it is? Is that how the world is? Because it really ground I mean, against me. You know what I mean? Of. And it's funny. I didn't necessarily have that reaction. I was just happy he said he was sorry, which, you know, low expectations for men, I guess. I'm yeah. just like, apologize to her. Yeah. And then he did. Now, I wasn't thinking of it as a gendered thing. I just have, in my life, always come across people who are, gosh, what do I want to say it? Like, story toppers? Right. Where if you were to say, oh, I have a stomachache today, then they would be like, oh, man, I had terrible diarrhea three days ago. Yeah. Well, you know, that whole, like, my experience, I have to yeah. contribute an experience that's, like, above One yours. Uppers. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only way that I can interact with this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you think about it, the fact that Molly's experience is only valid to Henry because now he's having feelings of being crazy is right. a little mean. Yeah, and I mean, I guess everybody does the best they can. It's just that yeah. was the first time I really reacted kind of viscerally to it because I'm like, well, what yeah. the fuck, guy? You're not the boss of crazy. Like, And I mean, I've been saying from the beginning that I think Henry's very selfish. Yes. So that's in character for him. You yeah. know, like other people's experiences are only relatable through, you know, my own standards. Like, I'm not going to try and see it from somebody else's point of view until I've experienced that thing. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Henry's had a lot of trauma, so I'm trying to cut him some slack here. But has he? Has this Henry had a lot of trauma? Well, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> not being able not being able to remember a significant chunk of your life is traumatic, I, regardless. I guess. But I think what's more traumatic is... The fucking mother not filling in any of the blanks. Yeah, that's messed up too. And you know, Ugh. there's a there's a running debate between me and Jay about like where we watched some stupid alien movie, and he, I was like, if I got abducted and I didn't remember, I wouldn't care. And he's like, but it's the principle of the thing. And I'm like, no, if you don't remember it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that's true. It does. I guess not remembering is traumatic too. Well, yeah. I'll just unless say from, there are a few things in my life that I didn't remember that super mattered. <laughs> so drunken, drunken experiences are different because <laughs> somebody else remembers that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about the line at the beginning about repression and evolution and that being like a protective thing. And it's yep. like maybe those memories are there somewhere for him and they just need to be dragged out in an anechoic chamber. Ha ha ha. I mean, it's a defense yeah. mechanism. People do, and that was that guy's point. Yeah, that's how evolution has kept humans making babies, despite the excruciating pain. That blast of dopamine makes you forget that you just tore from your V to your A because you've got, like, the little, the whatever. Oh. Yeah, not speaking from personal experience, obviously, just, like, reading, but you you do get, like, a rush of hormones that makes you forget that you were just, like, pushing a watermelon out of your hoo-ha for the last 14 hours. ay ay ay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys shouldn't ate that apple. That really fucked you all up. Satan! <laughs> Something just occurred to me. This is yeah. one of those, usually I would go, holy shit. And then not say anything for like 15 seconds. But something just, a, a thematic thing just occurred to me. The way you the way you just described that kind of triggered it for me. 
So mm-hmm. Zaleski said, how many times can this town look the other way? Right. The suppression. They're mm-hmm. keeping all this stuff down. Right. Until they can't. And then it right. comes out in horrible ways. And is the kid standing up there on the roof drawing it out? You know what I mean? Like the the even needful things, even though we know that this isn't that needful things... Mm-hmm. The town of Castle Rock was full of a bunch of people who had a bunch of fucking problems that they never talked about because they were flinty New England people until it yeah. all came out in one big shebang. Mm-hmm. And we had talked before whether the, the the kid was attracting the energy or amplifying the energy. Mm-hmm. A possibility exists that the the purging of the town in a 27 year cycle which is kind of lame but the the idea of the town builds up until it has to have its own kind of purge every once in a while it kind of fits with stuff that's happened before in Mm -hmm. castle rock i don't like it that much but they made a big point about saying you know people suppress things as a defense mechanism and Mm -hmm. the whole town is employing a defense mechanism of not dealing with the horrible shit that happens there. Yeah. How many people in this town do you think have acid reflux? Oh, I think Prilosec is very, very popular in that town. So many tums. Yep. So much Nexium. <laughs> Where were we? Okay, so Molly has dropped Henry back off at the house. Yep. We're, we're reeling it back in, everybody. We're going to get off the track again, but Molly drops Henry back off. He goes in the house, and I was pleased to see that his first thought was Wendell. Yes. Because I was a little concerned that he would be all like, I need to go sleep this off, or I'm Henry, blah, 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 it's all about me. But no, he wonders where Wendell is. Good work. Yeah. The family photo is still in the dining room, so we know that the events with the kid did take place in this where or when Mm -hmm. that we are. He checks in on Ruth. And she's sleeping. It didn't look like Sissy Spacek to me at first, but I guess it must have been her. No, but she was sleeping uh, the sleep of the just. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, room, she and, was just dead yeah. out asleep. And I mean, like, she's had a rough night. Yeah. I get that. True. Um, the house is very clean. We do find out why, but I do remember thinking my initial watch, like, What do you mean we so find neat. out why? How do because we find out why? When, we'll get to that. <gasps> but the house is very... The house is very neat, yes. and everything's, like, in order and everything. Yep. But Wendell is still missing, and then suddenly the kid is in the kitchen. Yes. And Henry's like, what are you doing here? And they say that to the kid, like, six times in this episode. Yep. What are you doing here? He doesn't belong anywhere. Nope. He does not. And he's, like, all mopey. He's like, oh. The kid, the kid I mean, like, where is Wendell? And he's like, he's not here. I'm going to walk out the back door and not talk to you anymore. Well, yep. then Wendell comes in. And yes, right on sad. cue yeah, with a Best much. Buy bag. Yeah, or something. And he slept on the pew of the church. I know he says that later, but, like, how sad. He yeah. stayed out all night. That's weird. This poor kid. Oh, by the way, Easter egg, Easter egg we didn't mention. The mall she sent him to was in Chester's Mill, the town ah. that had the dome over it in Under the Dome. Yeah. And, like, I was right. The mall is closed. The poor kid had nowhere to go. But where did he got it? He found a Best Buy because he had a blue bag. Oh, I assumed that was, like, a convenience store that he went to that morning or something oh, to get breakfast. But maybe. maybe he went to the mall in the morning. But, yeah, yeah it true. was 
I, though I did somewhat question why he didn't try to come back to the house. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Because if he was that afraid for his grandmother, then he would have come back or called the cops or something would have made some semblance of sense. Yeah. So Henry in one of the rare shows of good parenting is like, go upstairs and lock the door. Listen to what I say. Mm -hmm. Go up there and do that. So Wendell does. The kid leads Henry out back to... Are we calling this a garage or a it's guest the barn. Or a shed or the barn? Yeah. The, the barn. It's the barn. Okay. The place back there where the kid's been staying. Now everybody to take note of the fire extinguisher by the door, just inside the door of the barn. Because mm-hmm. in Henry's little flashback vision, he thinks someone had broken open a filter. Maybe not the same filter, but some version of the filter with a fire extinguisher. That's weird. <sighs> I don't know if it's the same one, but the imagery seemed, like, pretty on purpose. Yeah. And maybe they could use some of those fucking fire extinguishers to put out the many fires in Castle Rock instead of using them to open up doors. Definitely seems like a good thing to have in Castle Rock, Mm -hmm. because fire. Fire is a problem. Um, So the kid essentially leads Henry to Pangborn's body. Now, I couldn't tell if the body was laying on its back or its front. No, me either. So... And actually, so I was trying to figure out if it was the same timeline, you know, because, like, Pangborn died on his back in the one that we saw. Yes. Anyway, I guess it really doesn't matter, but... It, oh, it so matters. Because but I'm it would still... matter! Anyway, mm. it seemed like they filmed it in such a way that we're not supposed to see the body for right. some reason. Like, they don't want us to confirm that it's actually the Pangborn that we right. know and love or whatever. Or it's very possible so. that Scott Glenn went, I ain't fucking laying on the floor for half the day while you shoot the scene. <laughs> My back hurts! Yeah, exactly. I'm 78 years old. Yeah. Fuck yourselves. <laughs> it's cold down here. My knees. I couldn't even crouch down in a junkyard exactly. I'm not laying on the floor in exactly. it. Fat yeah. Tony's going to be mad. Oh, wait a minute. What? So we went through this whole day. Guess what never showed up? The fucking car. Oh, shit. Yeah, the, the junkyard lied to him. Oh, unless it was going to that trailer of his that he like sort oh, of lived. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. You would think he would just deliver it to the place where he's sleeping, though. I just want like a whole bunch of shit to be going on, like a big standoff between Henry and the kid and Lacey's ghost and and you know one-eyed <laughs> redhead, and then just like, huh, huh, and the guy comes up and hey, where you want this card, dummy? All right, well, they better answer that. Where is the Buick is now a question, because that was supposed to be delivered that morning. I know we got other fish to fry, but still. The business now, was done. Yeah. Guns this is why drawn. I said that, like, this little scene is why I said that we know that the house is clean, because the kid is like, she was afraid, she stabbed him, I cleaned up. If we take the body to the woods, etc. So the kid is the one who neatened up the house and washed all the blood off everything, or so he says. You tell me, Hannah Selector, who messed up the kitchen and why? I'm guessing him for some reason. I don't but I don't freaking know what's going on any more than you do. The thing that screwed me up more than anything else is the time between him saying, why'd you let him keep me in that trunk, Sheriff? With Pangborn running through the messed up house with the, with the pan on fire, blah, 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 yelling, Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. Mm-hmm. Cut to... Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, well, I'm going down to the bond. No sense constantly yelling Ruth anymore. I guess I'll just be quiet. And I know that they were making... uh, Ruth was having a lot of thoughts in her head, you know, that Mm -hmm. they were doing that during that scene, but... All right. Let uh, me get weird again. Are you ready for this? This is is off the cuff, honestly. 
Okay, so we know in some scenes in The Queen, when the kid is dealing with Ruth, he's wearing the Reverend's suit, right? Yes. And in some scenes, he's wearing his, like, post-prison, I got this at the only Walmart within 50 miles of here outfit with the, like, flannel jacket and the the khakis or whatever. The sweatpants. Yeah, and the t-shirt. Yep. So And sometimes just the t-shirt. When they were dancing, he didn't have the, the, the jacket on. Yeah. So... And then when she's explaining the murder to Henry, she says, I finally like Reverend Deaver. She thinks she's interacting with Reverend Deaver in one of those timelines. So is it possible that all of these different outfits with the kid are three different possibilities of that evening? And the messy kitchen is also one timeline. Pangborn stumbled into one timeline. And then in the others, the kitchen isn't fucked up for some reason. Like maybe that is a timeline where she and the Reverend like legitimately had a domestic dispute or something. This is, and this is my, that's the thing I've been trying to articulate. So whatever, yeah. just say it all smart sounding. The So yeah, like when Pangborn stumbles into that messed up kitchen with the bloody handprint on the wall, maybe that was like a legitimate domestic dispute between the Reverend and Ruth that they are both had an experience of at some point, or that's some other timeline. And then it gets muddied up with the actual like future timeline of the kid coming into the house and her getting her associations mixed up and something like that. I don't know. So something's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the kid, the kid does admit to cleaning up the murder scene at least. Yeah. He cleaned up the bond. Yeah. It does seem like he kind of held his side. So like he really did get stabbed with the screwdriver in that timeline. Yes. But he's wearing a clean T-shirt now. It seems like. Yep. Which is also. I don't know weird. where he. I don't know where he got it from because, like, that's a tall boy, and he and Pangborn do not wear the same size clothes. Anyway, that that's like the best I can do at this point because they haven't really explained anything to us. But I think somebody's that... bloody handprint was on the wall when Pangborn stumbled in. Yes, you are one hundred percent now in my wagon. Yeah. And I mean, like, this timeline thing is clearly what's going on. We just can't reconcile how it's happening or it's exactly Ruth. why it's happening. Yeah, she may be the I key to all of this. Also, I was thinking to myself that she's, like, a good 10 years older than the Reverend, I think. Because if she was born in 1940, she was 51 in 1991. But then Henry said when he's 39 that he's older than his dad ever was. That's a significant age gap. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Not that that's, like, not that I'm by any means, like, saying that's a bad thing. It's just interesting to me. It could be because she, like, waited to get her PhD before she started, like, dating or whatever. Yeah. But, but that's, that, that is very interesting. Huh. Yeah. It's like, I want to know how they met. Because their two characters without any context seem very not compatible. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, highly educated woman with a PhD who's, like, 10 years older than this small-town preacher. It just... I want to know how they met. I want to know why they fell in love or whatever. A brilliant PhD student and a a dime-store preacher with a brain tumor. Two crazy kids just trying to make it work. Right. And, like, how long had he had the... Did she marry him because she felt sorry for him and thought he was going to, like, die or something? I... I'll no marry one, you, you know. because your prognosis is poor. And I just want to, yeah, you know. I, and now our baby has been sucked it? into the stars. This has not gone my way at all. <laughs> Help, I'm accidentally time traveling? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I have made poor choices. <laughs> 
he's got a brain tumor. I accidentally slipped back into the twenties. <laughs> We're perfect for each other. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then this was kind of one of my favorite parts of the episode, honestly, was learning more about the kid because the kid says to Henry, like, finally, you hear it. He's so relieved. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I pulled you out of that basement. I waited 27 years for you. I didn't ask for any of this. So I wonder what that means. The I didn't ask for this. Like to be stuck here, not aging, or trying to figure out how to get back to where I am, or to be kidnapped by Lacey. Like what what is his specific grievance? Yeah, what there are is probably his many. Beef. What's his beef? The way he speaks to Henry is assuming that Henry knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. In every instance, he says stuff that he expects that Henry is gonna know. Because for all we know right, right now, they were buddies before all this went down, and the kid yeah. was just on his way to see Terminator 2, one of the biggest movies of 1991, when Lacey grabbed him in the quarry, which we still haven't seen, but I don't think that's Maybe it was Henry's babysitter. Oh, I mean, I don't think so. No, I don't think But, that. yeah, I think he's clearly expecting Henry to, A, remember the basement rescue, and to remember the first 11 years of his life, yeah. which he doesn't, yeah. unfortunately. And are you hearing this, or blah, 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 everything like that, but that would also... Yeah. If, Has it begun? Whatever well, the thing is, remember when he said that in prison? Like, what's supposed to begin? That's very true as well. And, uh-huh. I mean, maybe, maybe... He's talking to Henry like he knows him because the first 12 years of this Henry's life would have been him in his other where, where he actually did know the kid. Yeah. Also, the kid says, we have to protect her. So Ruth, like, Ruth's importance was pretty obvious at the end of The Queen, but, like, the kid also knows that she's important. Everybody's trying to protect the Queen. And the thing, and I don't remember if I actually said it, to you or when I was just raving like a lunatic in the car driving back from Charlotte to New York and poor Mrs. Ack is like she's like I'm gonna catch some Z's and I'm like blah, blah. and no you're not the, the significance of the way the chess piece yes it was poignant and heartrending that the night was felled mm-hmm. but it was still protecting the queen because it was still in front of it did pangborn die because he knew it would save root does if pangborn knows more than he's letting on that he knows about castle rock in general if ruth is the only person that knows about time then no that that's just a pretty way of doing the chess piece but if pangborn knows more of the motivations of the players in this story than him dying and him specifically not yelling for Ruth anymore or being in the timeline where he needs to die would still be him protecting the queen. Because the right. queen, uh, you lose the game if you lose the king, but the queen is but the really most important. But really you lose the game if you lose the queen. Right. The, the, the queen's the most important piece. Yeah, because she can... She can take out any other piece, yep. essentially, if you're playing chess. I take for granted that some people don't actually know how to play chess. So, yeah, queen, very important. Don't let someone take your queen. Mm-hmm. So from that scene with the kid... Oh, by the way, it's out the back of the shed as soon as the stadies show up because Wendell has called the police. Yes, because Wendell has a fucking brain in his head. And... He's the only logical one. <laughs> yes, and 
But it does not say much for the cops that they're just like, and the guy that escaped from the fucking mental hospital killing 14 people just slips out the back door. And Henry's first thing isn't, hey, go get that guy who just went out the back door, like maybe, you know, break into a light jog. He can't have gotten very far right now, you know? Well, can you blame Henry? He's a black man in 2018. Like, you don't want to... Not to get political on everybody. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, and that comes from me also working in the legal field where cops are often not our friend. Yep. That's very true. And he is a lawyer, so he knows. Yeah, he knows. Like, you you just want to make everything as easy as possible. Don't don't create problems for yourself. But we don't get to see the, all the reasons why I hate the, the police in this show quite yet. Because we're back to the bloody B&B for a little while mm-hmm. and they're cleaning up the crime scene and i have here in my notes barefoot cleaning up a murder is a rookie mistake do you know why because your feet prints are also unique <gasps> don't do that if you're gonna murder somebody i remember there was some case where a guy left a footprint in a hamburger bun and they were able to identify him as a murderer because that like just don't do it you don't want Man, to... that would never have happened to me because i would have eaten that hamburger bun now Anyway, don't be barefoot cleaning up murder scenes. And the sawing noise was so ridiculous. That was really high-pitched. What the heck was going on there? It was like he was... I don't know. He had a hacksaw and he was trying to cut like a file in half. It was was really, really super high-pitched. It was really weird. Yeah, in my notes it says, Oh my god, what the actual fuck with this sawing noise? Yeah. Also, why did he... Why did he transport them down to another room to do that? Right, keep all the blood in the one room and then deal with it. Not that we're giving you instructions on how to kill people. No, not at all. We'll tell you how to hide the bodies like we did in earlier episodes, but killing them, we do not. We assumed they were dead when you found them. And we weren't there, so whatever. Are these seriously with Gordon and Lilith? Are they getting all of their clothes from the suburban white people stereotype outlet? Because yes. it's so awful. They're wearing like matching ugly tracksuits. Yep. What? Those Who are these people? Were some nasty looking tracksuits. There's and, no like, doubt about it. Some of them are parts of them are white. Like objectively, the worst color to clean up blood in. I I don't understand them. They're so odd. And this was the scene where I actually realized that her name was Lilith, which is kind of like a fraught name, mythologically yeah. speaking. Yep. Uh, she's like a female demon who's, you know, slutting it up and stealing babies. <laughs> well, and bringing them to the stars. Yeah, yeah stealing babies in the dark. That's I don't know. Right. Which is kind of interesting because, you know, the baby. They mm-hmm. lost a baby. They just said they lost it. Yeah, we've lost the baby. And we're tired of looking for it. (laughs) I got stuff to do. Can't be. I gotta write a sermon. Sorry. Yeah, and then we hear Jackie driving along in her sweet chariot taxi, which is, that's gotta be a reference to the song, right? It's just Just an odd name for a taxi company. Yeah, it's just such a goofy but it is such a like a oh yeah i'm side job jackie i got a lot of shit going on i also have a hair salon and i'll tell your fortune (laughs) 
Yeah, I bet she does like hobbyist body modification for people too, oh. like piercings in her. She's got a little like American Mary in her, but with no training whatsoever. That's good. Oh thinking. yeah, like come over to my house and I'll give you a septum piercing with a sewing needle kind of deal. <laughs> anyway, she shows up. Well, first she's listening to the radio and we hear that broadcast that are like multiple patients lit their mattresses on fire at the same time. And that's caused the fire at Juniper Hill and a bunch of people are dead and a bunch of people are missing. And Diane shows up trying to network and maybe get some taxi business with the new B&B. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like a lot of people need a taxi in Castle Rock. The, but like the funny part about yeah. that is you're exactly right. The fuck would they start out from? The bus? Like you don't right. You're not going to take station, a station, I guess. And and the the airport, the nearest airport of any note whatsoever is Portland, to to where Castle Rock is supposed to be. Okay. Like you're not getting. You can go direct from Portland to like four cities, like Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and yeah. there used to be an Atlanta flight, but now there's not. So. Yeah, so Castle Rock is not near an airport. It's no not no negative. And I mean, like, I live in a small town. There is one taxi service, but we're like a big small town. Like, there's a lot of people living here. There's just not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I you know you can't blame a girl for hustling. Make that money, Jackie. Right. And she's not wrong about wanting to get in on it. You know, no. I thought it was cute when she said, "Oh, I already had this idea." And yeah. You know, they beat her to it. Five years ago for her, she would have been like, what, 16 or something? I still don't know how old she is, but too young to probably be investing in businesses. Oh, we skipped over a part earlier where Gordon and Lilith said they had planned to acquire more properties downtown. Yeah. I don't know what for. Hopefully not to make more murder museums, but... Now, do you think it was them that were on the phone with Molly when she was doing her other conversation about prospect street entirely possible i guess but probably wouldn't they have discussed that already yeah i don't know then that can't be for nothing either no absolutely not so yeah diane is like oh man you guys stole my idea i recognize this obscure murder from the 1920s about the guy who killed his cousin for not like fixing his poor financial decisions that's a shitty motive that's a terrible motive I certainly don't expect my cousins to bail me out financially, but Well, now whatever. I do. I expect your cousins to bail me out financially. So Jokes just... on you, we're all under 30 and have no money. Yeah, well. <laughs> get... Oh, no, 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 that's not true. One of my cousins is a doctor. He's the tryhard of the family. All right, then. Give me his email. Go we'll we'll get things rolling. <laughs> all right. And so then she gets ushered out really awkwardly. Like, these people are very bad at not being suspicious. They're terrible. Okay, nice answer to shove you. Literally shove her out the door. Okay, bye. But also, she she did to them what we do to Castle Rock. She totally like, oh, well, you know, this isn't authentic and this isn't the right kind of axe and blah, 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 That's and everything true. like that. So so but maybe like, you know. she's a little more like high school Hannah now than she was a little while ago. And this was the moment Hannah quit Castle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're going to run an authentic murder house, you better have the right type of axe. Yes. I guess. Because I don't think people that are willing to travel to an out of the way basically desolate mill town in Mm -hmm. southwestern-ish Maine are gonna 
settle for half-assed mannequins with red paint on them with the wrong axe in their head. Yeah. And I, why does Jackie know so much about axes? Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I learned it from my uncle. I mean, yeah, I guess. Oh, see? Ha, 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 ha. I wonder what kind of axe he used. Mm-hmm. Now, I would recognize a fire axe versus something else, but I wouldn't know what a felling axe was. Well, it's just for chopping down trees. It's like a wood axe. Yeah. But a fire axe is the kind that Jack Torrance used in the movie, The Shining. Ah, well. In the... Perhaps that was a little, we'll call it axe. So, and in the book, As we know, because Stephen King is very mad about Stanley Kubrick, it wasn't an axe at all. It was a roke mallet because why can't you just say croquet? Nobody knows what the fuck roke is. But yeah. Nope. Whacking people in the chops with one of those. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I have to say my jaw. Nobody can see that. I always hate... Now, you heard me earlier say true crime, but I any murder where they say somebody got killed with a hammer or a mallet, I'm like right out. It's just too... It's too awful. I hate it. It's so awful to imagine. It's gross. Well, fine. I'll cross those topics off our next... Story. Oh no, I'm meeting. still listening to it. I oh, alright. Oh, I know. <laughs> which end of the hammer? And then I imagine both, and I'm like, it doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter which end of the hammer, Hannah. They both suck. Uh, anyway. No. Jackie Jackie goes to snooping as she always does. She's yep. just like always up in other people's business, I guess because her life is so boring. She's to the her. Thelma of the town. <laughs> exactly. And she finds that ugly fork bracelets and drinks murdered people blood or, well, mm. eats it, licks it, What's whatever. This? Mm. So this is like another rookie murderer mistake. If you're going to get rid of any items from bodies or people you've murdered, unique jewelry should be right at the top of your list of things to make sure they aren't lying around. Because that's going to be the first thing that people describe on a missing person. You bunch of morons. Hmm. You're bad murderers is what I'm trying to say well i mean he's not a murderer he said but he said i'm not a murderer and what did she say it never happened yeah well i guess what he means is he's not like a career murderer. but you you did just become a murderer you're bad at it but yeah her saying it never happened there's two ways to look at it it's Mm -hmm. this never happened because obviously i'm not going to tell on you or right, the like also quo for cheating on yeah why don't you thing. go back to tapping this because i won't rat on you for killing those right. sexy i helped people. you cover up a double murder yes yeah, so, so now at we're least even. why won't you touch me right i'll touch you with his hammer no <laughs> god damn it katie <laughs> buckets of toenails oh this show's over yeah but yeah, so, and then I guess it could be like a, a timeline thing too. Yeah. This never happened or something. Because his his being enraptured of that painting still, if it's an acting mm-hmm. choice, okay. The director would have had to let it go. The right. Him being so enthralled by that painting doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's a throwaway to me. It still doesn't. Oh yeah. And like that leads to the question, it's like, do Lacey's paintings have power or is it just the mere image of the kid that drives people to do crazy thing? Yeah. Oh, that is true. I mean, yeah, it, the, it, the easy answer he, is the kid's presence, you know. Right. But the more complicated, you know, the paintings have been significant. They keep calling attention to it. So, and he was like hypnotized by the painting of Castle Lake where the kid is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. So. Almost as if it compelled him to purchase the house. 
because they weren't like overly into it before. That's true. They were Would kind of on the fence. Throwing in the art. Yeah. I'll buy a whole ass house because I like this painting. Yes, and plenty of yeah. mantles for my wife's many cocks. <laughs> the cock collection. <laughs> there were so many, and they were in there. Did you notice that they hung all the paintings of their kid in their bedroom? Everywhere. Oh, they were everywhere. So there's also a bunch of rooster statues. It's like these people get in the mood in the weirdest ways. No wonder that's not working. (laughs) Climb to me, Gordon, hand over hand on the cocks affixed to the wall. Stare at Bill Skarsgård. Yes. On on all four of our walls. Oh my god. And then there's like one giant one on the ceiling. Playing some weird type of Bill Skarsgård sex twister. All right, we need to move well, on because like, I <laughs> like instead of the well, you know when like in those '80s movies when kids would tape a ferret faucet poster like right above yes. their top bunk. Yes. Instead, it's just a giant canvas painting of Bill Skarsgård. Yes. Oh. And then you get tired of looking at it and you turn over and there's another one with just the eyes peeking up over ah! the edge of the bed. <laughs> Imagine having your, you know, like when your in-laws visit, you give up your bed or something and they get into your room and be like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, you see, thank you, episode eight, for giving me a, something to like genuinely laugh at because now I just imagine, in, what if instead of Bill Skarsgård all this time, it was just different haunted paintings of Bill Skarsgård that and every time it was one of the scenes, it was just one of the paintings. Yeah. Okay, there... <laughs> You know, there but for the grace of casting God go, like, a show where it was Nicolas Cage instead of Bill Skarsgård or something, or something even more hilarious. Oh, wow. There were a lot of, like, funny moments in this episode, or at least surreal funny, and I don't think it was meant to be humorous, but maybe it was. I think to a degree it was, because I think Jackie is designed to be some kind of levity, and I I genuinely believe that... Jackie may end up being a constant in the show. Like oh, next yeah. season, I think she's you know, she would stay. Because oh. hmm. if you think you about think it. taxi smells like pot? <laughs> Why does it smell like weed? Also, what's, there's no meter. Also, where are you bringing right. me? <laughs> Help! Help. <laughs> Bad Yelp reviews all over the place. So then, <sighs> do we get to the, like when the cops come and the, yes. that cop now lady is like a complete murder. bitch. To Henry. First, though, it's Wendell and Henry talking, where Wendell is like, were you close? And Henry says that, that thing, Grandma, for a long time, he tried to be a good man. He wasn't always. Yes. Oh, yeah, Ruth was saying that. Right, right, right. Henry says that to Wendell, yeah. Tried to be a good man, and sometimes he was. Yep. So that's more credit than he's given Pangborn so far, I think, which yes, is kind of nice. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. Don't speak ill of the dead, though. And, like, he doesn't tell Henry, or he doesn't tell Wendell the truth. He's still kind of like, I mean, the kid has essentially witnessed all of this, but Henry's still trying to be like, nah, everything's fine. Like, don't worry about it. But Wendell is old enough for his dad to trust him a little more. Yes. And I think he needs to realize that, because Wendell will be safer if he knows the truth, I think. Everybody is always safer if they know the truth. Right. So Henry goes upstairs and Ruth has woken up. I'm assuming it's pretty early in the morning at this point, yeah. like maybe seven o'clock or yeah. something like that, because, you know, I don't I don't see Ruth being a noon sleeper necessarily. No. And she she doesn't appear to realize that in this timeline she has shot Pangborn, not the Reverend. Yes. She's she seems to believe that she has shot Reverend Deaver. You know how he could be. I know this is hard for you, but he frightened me. He wasn't in his right mind, etc., mm-hmm. etc. 
And then the bitchy police lady, who I hated from the get-go, and her stupid cop hat shower cap. (laughs) What a a weird (laughs) dumb thing. Just scotch guard your hats. It looks so dumb, but whatever. (laughs) Officer Reese, I want your badge number two. And then she, like, that whole Black Death line was so awful. What did they used to call you? The Black Death? Like, that's racist. Yeah. Seems like. But now, from a cop standpoint, if Pangborn had said, hey, you know what? No one died until you just came back, and now there's someone dead in your house. Again, because, like, in 1991, there was another dead guy in his house. That we all assume you killed. Yeah, and so another thing that we hadn't really considered or talked about in the previous episodes of the podcast is that Gordon mentioned in passing that Castle Rock was the murder capital of 1991. Yeah. Which means that Reverend Deaver's death is not the only thing going on, that apparently there were a ton of murders in 1991 that we just aren't talking have been about, no I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That would be true if the events of Needful Things had taken place, but it was just a fire at the oddity shop based on the... right. So it so wasn't far. That. Yeah. So there are other things that are happening, I guess, in 1991 that may get revealed to us, but we don't really know yet what those were. Maybe that birthday party where it seemed like the mom and dad were going to kill each other was in 1991. I True. don't know. Also, the murder capital of what? Maine? Yeah. Like the country? Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't have been the country. There's only a million Chicago people in exists. all of Maine. So like the you would have had to kill the whole town. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just like the murder capital of Maine. I don't know. Either way, lots of murders. And now if we count the Juniper Hill deaths, there have been a ton in this year too. I mean, it's cycling And that whole cycle thing, the cycle thing that I'm not a huge fan of, but I can't deny that it Mm -hmm. looks like it's a thing they're doing. Right. Yeah. The 27 year cycle, whatever that is. Same Mm -hmm. kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Bad things happening. And, yeah, he asks her what her badge number is, and she's all, you're a lightning rod, you're a lightning rod for evil. (sighs) Kind of like how people have been describing the kid, just putting that whole similarity between Henry and the kid up there again. True. But then again, all the shit that happened around Henry... Also happened around the the kid, kid was there at the same time. Yeah, even in 1991. Mm -hmm. So Henry's solution to all of this difficulty is to send his kid packing on the bus. And Wendell's like, this is really fucked up, Dad. You know, I slept on a pew last night. You kind of haven't been there for me. Also, yeah. Grandma shot somebody, and yeah. now you're sending me back to Boston, where hopefully my mother will get me the therapy that I so richly yeah. deserve. Can I get a little something to eat before you yeah. just stick me on the goddamn bus? Someone feed Wendell, the poor guy. <laughs> He's growing. Now, to be fair, Henry does tap some cash into his jacket pocket. Yes, that is true. I don't know where Henry got that cash, because we know he ain't got no money. He got no Maybe he maybe he knew where uh, Nana kept her other envelope. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, and yeah, he's just putting Wendell on the bus again. And I do like the. I finally saw Henry in a sweatshirt look, like casual Henry. That I'm was here casual for Henry. It. Yes. Yeah, I was glad. Yeah, of that. finally. It's good to know that he had other clothes. Right than that one suit that he's been wearing the whole time. <laughs> um. And as Wendell is sitting on the bus, he puts his headphones on and starts hearing the the monsters howling. Not and a bird goes. He didn't hear it until after the bird, though. Oh, okay. The well, bird. In any case, there was a bird suicide again. Yeah, and that and I thought was significant. for whatever reason. Wendell hears the schisma too. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, so runs in the family. Interesting. Yeah, except like Henry wasn't Reverend Deaver's biological kid, so he Yeah, but I don't think the Reverend I don't think the Reverend really ever heard it. I oh, think that he, he I, I think he knew it existed, you know, mm. um I think he knew enough to make himself want slash need it to accomplish whatever it was he was trying to accomplish. Yeah. So I wonder if he started out like maybe he was like jealous of Lacey hearing the voice of God because they were members of the same church. I wonder if they worked together for a time and then there was some sort of split or something with the whole Odin getting involved. Do you think that Lacey knew or cared about the schisma no i think he definitely thought it was something else like he never but maybe reverend diva heard something from lacy and then also heard something from odin and i i don't know but lacy's involved somehow lacy's got to be involved and involved to the point where pangborn believed him that's my my belief that the kid is bad is still Mm. 100 percent staked to the fact that pangborn believed lacy yeah. That and said, you're... the complete fucking flip-flop that he did as soon as the kid said, I can help her. And yeah. he just decided to fucking remove himself from any position to help anything and go get the car from Fat Tony. It mm-hmm. just feels like we're going to find out near the end that stuff that was said, stuff that happened, were moves to put people in in a certain pattern so a certain set of things could occur that's what that's what it it feels like to me and Mm -hmm. pangborn but i still believe that if pangborn had thought that the kid was good or that lacy was nuts the trunk of the car thing would never have gone down the way it went ever yeah that had to have served some purpose that they they would not have shown that to us without reason yeah i found it interesting by the way that the bus driver is like oh damn another one in reference to the bird thing so like this has been happening apparently yeah lately it's a a problem more than once it's a it's a big problem so after wendell gets on the bus henry gets a voicemail from molly like i'm so sorry about pangborn call me as soon as you can and they're like doing that teenager laying in the bed talking on the phone thing yep and it's like, did you ever go in Warden Lacey's basement? And everyone is just content with Mrs. Lacey saying she couldn't find the key. Nobody just took a pair of, like, bike lock choppers. Yeah, you couldn't get there any the other basement. way. It's just, it's just a padlock. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And didn't we get a letter about um, the cops would never have allowed that? Well, yeah, except the cops are shitty. Yeah, we've, that is we've true. We've decided that, Fair. like, and they were, they were, like, compatriots of Lacey's. I'm sure they didn't want to shake up his widow's life necessarily so they have an agenda and their agenda is being lazy bad cops (laughs) and then for whatever reason like henry's totally fine with now breaking into this b&b like this is very casual home invasion i i feel like that was really as a lawyer it just seems weird but technically if it's a bed and breakfast can you break into it Because isn't it also a hotel and a store? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, but no. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you can still break into a hotel if it's closed. Don't go. You you can't, you know. Anyway. Home invasion bad. (laughs) Fine. And that basement is in 
immaculately clean when he gets in there. I mean, and it's very bare. There's just the shelves and the mannequins. It doesn't seem like the basement from Henry's vision to me or Henry's no, memories. It doesn't. It does. There not. were no the water heater wasn't right. There were no brick columns in this basement. Certainly no wood or dirt floor. No. And no chain link to be seen anywhere. No. There were some brick walls. Yes. And there was but that no little alcove looking thing but and right. the other thing is is that one would assume that once the child was out of the cage and you no longer needed the yeah, cage you might dismantle it to make more room for creepy paintings but i don't believe it was the same because i think the 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 light coming down from one of the shots didn't it just mm-hmm. didn't look like the same basement? Plus, Desk Jordan yeah, has to come back into this for some reason. It's impossible yeah, this, that he doesn't. The other, the basement from Henry's vision looks to be in much worse repair and not as modern as the Lacey's basement did. Yeah, and I guess it's possible that the Lacey's redid their basement in the last twenty-seven years, but whatever. Fix anyway, I'm just Lacey's throwing down basement. the basement. <laughs> I'm throwing it out. I don't think it's the right basement. So, I agree. anyway, the dates that we see, Henry makes his way upstairs and ends up in the bedroom with all of the paintings of the kid. And the dates that they show us on the paintings are 2005, 1999, 1997, and 1991. And Henry fixates, of course, on the painting where the kid is wearing the same shirt as he is yep. on his missing poster. Yep. Found it kind of interesting that Henry remembers that, but I guess yeah, he's seen true. his own missing poster around. And it, it is indeed... The same shirt. They're always trying to make us think that, you know, Henry and the kid are the same person. This is clearly being set up. It's been set up for a while. And so we leave Henry staring at that painting and go to Molly having an existential crisis over a cup of tea in her kitchen. Yes. Poor Molly is having a breakdown. And, like, I don't blame her. Nope. Things are very weird. And she doesn't really have a support system because her sister thinks she's crazy. And Henry just uses her as a crutch for his own, like, struggles like, he doesn't reciprocate the support that she gives him. And Jackie's useless. Yeah, Jackie, I don't know what she's doing. She's she's too much of a, a maverick. Like, she, she's just doing her own thing. Starting whatever that is. seven more businesses. Right. Her updating her Etsy shop where <laughs> she, like, does uh, needlepoint with swear words in it. Needle, yes. And now, fork bracelets. Yeah! Spoon Delicious bracelets. Ones. And so Molly has a sort of, I don't know what we want to call these things that she and Henry are doing, like a vision, a memory, uh, an episode, a whatever. Hmm. We will have to come up with a name. Yeah. <laughs> a Willy Wonka tunnel experience? Yes. A shared Anyway. Something. Yeah. So she has one of these dealios, and young Molly walking in the woods, and young Henry wearing some sort of, like, weird John Lennon sunglasses. Yep. And covering his ears and then molly sitting across the table from what i assume is the kid but we only see the back of this guy's head but i think it's the kid and then young henry and molly running away from something in the woods like running it looks like in fear then a bloody knife now maybe that's where the abdomen scar on henry comes from Like, whatever encounter that was. Then an older, but still it seemed like a a younger also version of Molly. Her bangs are a little different. Running. Then someone stepping over Molly's body with blood splashed up on its face. 
And that was maybe the most interesting part. So she, like, sees her own dead body, and then she pops a bunch of oxys. And <laughs> I was clearly having a bit of a mental breakdown at this point in my notes, because then I was like, Molly and Ruth both dry swallow their pills. And yeah. then I wrote, the the ramifications of this are too creepy, and I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. I don't. That that creeped me out more than her taking four pills. Four oxys, yeah. But I'm like, no, Molly and Ruth can't be the same person because then, ew, you know? The yeah, whole, super like, ew. Oedipal thing going on, yeah. and I don't want that. So we're just going to leave that alone and yep. pretend like it, it never on, happened. Keep on walking. It didn't happen. It didn't. That's right. Not in this timeline. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and then there's Henry again looking at the paintings, and it looked like the kid had a bit of a David Bowie situation going on in one of these paintings with like the one blue eye and the one brown eye. Yeah. I don't know if that was like an artistic thing or what. But... Or he's supposed to be two different people. Aha! That's smarter. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got caught up thinking about David Bowie. You're just Bowie. so dreamy. Oh wow, if I could have Bill Skarsgård and David Bowie. That's I tell a... you, I like weird I like weird looking dudes, mm-hmm. I, apparently. Jason is very conventionally handsome though. So, who knows what that's about. He's in the other room going, yeah, thanks. No, he's he's leaning on the door right now like, heck yes, I am. <laughs> but there you go, out in public. He will be following me around at uh, Women in Horror Festival, but he won't let me put his picture online because he has no social media and he likes it that way. That's right. Don't get internet on him. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile... There's me. Then I have in my notes, who boy, this is not good, which must mean that Gordon came in at this moment and is like, what the hell are you doing in my house? Yeah. And this was the most, this was really awkward too. Like, the whole thing I was should just, go. Yeah, maybe you should. I'll fix it. Zap. Like, it made. Stab. So dumb. Like, every part yeah. of it. Like, she. I know. Just... It was such a comedy of errors. Like, yeah. what the heck? Like, what and why was, she... was that her solution? Why you was just it... finished getting rid of bodies. Yeah. She was like, well, now. Now he has to start doing me again because I covered up the murder. Maybe if I kill this guy, we can graduate to butt stuff. Like, maybe that was her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no! <laughs> now everybody knows I snort. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. The, what this is the this is the part during this super long crazy needless struggle fight back and like it was went on and on and on the this is the little nod and I don't know whether it was on purpose I, I checked IMDB to see if there were any uh, similar actors or anything like that for a minute I thought uh-huh. that it was 1991 but I was wrong it was 1990 has anybody uh-huh. ever seen the movie The Grifters, very, no. very, very, very well-known in its time movie. Uh, it starred John Cusack and Angelica Houston. And oh. I think it was nominated for Oscars. I, I, it didn't win, um, but it was it was oh. nominated. Uh, it's, an, it's an amazing movie. I'm not, as a matter of fact, in, in you in particular, I'm not going to tell you what made me think of the grifters from that scene i want you and everybody listening watch the movie because it's a good friggin movie and then 
after you've seen it, you'll know what I was talking about, and you'll be like, well, that's weird. Why did they do that huh. one thing? So, And no, the answer yeah. is not Jackie drove an axe through the head of somebody in the movie The Grifters. That did not happen. have to say, this is the first time I've been happy to see Jackie this entire series. Yep. She saved Henry. She really did. That whole, the whole deal with the fight scene, like at first Gordon's trying to stop his wife from stabbing Henry again, but then Henry makes her stab herself in the neck and then he gets mad. Then he screams and screams and screams and chases Henry out to his car, bodily drags him out of the car again, and then Jackie axes him. Henry is not strong. No. (laughs) And, He's really. But I mad. guess like what's his face is working on like blind rage, which always makes you and and fear. So yeah, yeah, superhumanly strong. But there's He's had, no like, a rough time. But there was no goddamn need to stab the man. She could no. have just well, his... stayed in the other room. He was gonna I leave. Know. She's got a taste for blood now. I and, guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. All work and no play makes. Lilith, stab Lilith people. Stabby. The one that should have a, a taste for blood is Jackie, because she's always tasting it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I wrote, like, Jackie finally got it. Diane finally got exactly what she wanted. Yep. You know, like, firsthand murder experience, and she's not happy about it. No, she's, she's just not. all like, I told you, you don't want this stuff. It's like when people say they'd like to live in the zombie apocalypse. Like, no, you wouldn't. No. What are you talking about? Nope. I would you like dumbass. to. I would like to visit a badass fort that I designed for one day during the zombie apocalypse because that would be really neat. I would like to see a bunch of zombies die in my clever traps and whatnot. But then, like the mm. first time, I had to go like three days, and it was super hot and everything was smelly. I'd be like, nope. There's just like no- I don't really want to live in medieval times. I just want There's to hit no people with swords. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to live in medieval times. You'd be dead by the time you were 26. Yep. Like a slow diarrhea death. Stepped on a nail. If you're lucky. Oh, well, that's the end for me. <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'll be dead in nine months. You know. Oh, does your fort, uh, would you like an idea? Because I've got one for a zombie fort. Yep. It's called a treadmill moat. Oh, nice. Just put a bunch of treadmills around, and the, depends on if they're shamblers or like the highly intelligent. If they're like the World War Z kind, yeah, that would be. Yeah, bad. then we're kind. Then I'm fucked because yeah. I'm not athletic at all, and it's just going to be. You're a bad the Henry time. of the group. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, the person who trips and like shatters their cell phone in the horror movies—that's yes. me. Yes, you would be the first one locked into the the filter. Either that, or I'd be the final girl because I know all the tropes. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, this is about to happen. Y'all yeah. dummies can. Also, I just walk away. Be like, no, <laughs> I'm not going. Goodbye. In the basement. Yeah, not not going to do it. Anyway, speaking of horrory stuff, Wendell gets off the bus in Jerusalem's lot. Just outstanding. Not a good place to stop. I don't know what his plan is. He can't walk twelve miles. He that's, thinks he that's can. That's not. That's going to take you a long time. Yep. I guess he does have money for a cab. I want to see if anyone lives in Jerusalem's lot in this timeline. I and mean, if they do, are they vampires? There were houses, but they were all dark. And I yeah, think that... Yeah, and it, they, were, they were like those tiny little mill houses, too. You know, old, yes. old-looking ones. But I also believe that if there were nothing but fucking vampires there, there would not be a bus stop. 
What, you don't think vampires would avail themselves of public transportation? No, I think the bus company would be like, <laughs> no one ever gets on the bus here in the daytime run, so we're just going <sighs> to forget it. Well, vampire hunters also need to be able to, like, ply their trade. Yeah, that is true, too. And they don't have cars. I, I'm obviously just being humorous. But anyway, I'm curious. <laughs> if the kid is a vampire, maybe he can settle happily in Juniper Hill. Or, I mean, in uh, Jerusalem's lot after all this is over. Well, remember, the way, way back in the beginning, we mm-hmm. were talking about Castle Rock. And Stephen King described Castle Rock as Jerusalem's lot without the vampires. That was Fine. The well, maybe Jerusalem slot still has the vampires. That's right. <laughs> now, when and and I'm gonna shout out to because it, the cops, obviously the the fucking terrible cops. Hey, there's another guy that was involved, and now this time there's not one dead person. There's two dead people, and yet this same guy seems to be involved in it. Let's just let him drive away. Why not? Yeah. So he just scoots. Makes no sense. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get to that, though, Molly has to go on her oxy drive. Oh, yeah, true. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Like, what a terrible thing to do. Like, aside from the obvious pill problem, like, also go driving in your sunglasses in the dark while well, you've had four pills. Do the sunglasses. And this came up on... Lock, listen to Hannah talk about horror because it's a really good show and you can also um, listen to Strangeful Things if you want to hear me talk about murders and and sex wizards. Oh, yeah. I so, forget that we both have other podcasts, especially yeah. since I've completely neglected mine for the last month and a half. It's not. What you're doing is you're letting it you're letting it simmer because it's good. Yeah, and it's, it's like a horror one oh one ish kind of thing if it's you want to a- learn about the, the genre. Other than movies, kind of. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Melissa, I think it's Melissa on Twitter. Yeah. She is trying to figure out what the correlation is between the dilated eyes, when Molly wears the sunglasses, when she doesn't. Is there a significance mm. to when she's wearing them? What's she trying to keep in? What's she trying to keep out? That kind of thing. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, I assume she's having more of her psychic phenomenon. She's trying to stop it because she dumps those four pills in response to that Willy Wonka tunnel experience she had. Yes. Where she, like, saw her own body, which is freaky. Yep. So I can't imagine not wanting to get a little tweaked if I had seen that. Yeah, that's disturbing. So she rolls up to her parents' house, and at first I thought she was saying what the fuck because there was a for sale sign up, but then I realized it's because the door is open. Right. She must not be that fucked up because she could spot that from the road. True. (laughs) Because I don't know if I would have noticed that if I were super duper high. True. So she goes inside, and who do we find sitting on the steps but our beloved kid? I'm I'm, going to check one of these continuity things that really bugs me so i'm actually looking at him on the stairs right now his t-shirt is gray not white Uh uh-huh it was white yeah right and yeah i hadn't been paying too much attention to that he would have changed out of the bloody white t-shirt but i don't know what's going on with his wardrobe well 
he's six foot eleven, so anybody else's t shirt is going to be like a half cut belly shirt on him. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah I, I knew it. I, I, I it got halfway out of my mouth, and I'm like, that's not going to get me anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, don't so distract me. He's you know, just. I'm he, very on brand. Yes. So what we're saying is. His big plan when the cop showed up was to go out the back door and then eventually make his way across the street and wait all day. On the stairs. On the stairs until Molly came that night. Well, maybe he went off into the woods and ate some stuff out of the trailer that What's-His-Face left behind, made a sandwich, <laughs> maybe, and then, like, wandered back. Maybe he you was know. there just in case the car showed up. <laughs> like he's... Yeah, who knows? I Alan Center would be here. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> can't build my monument without it. True. If the kid, the kid must be pretty bored a lot of the time. He's bored, and he said he was going to build a monument. There isn't any monument. He's a big liar. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have the Buick yet. He needs uh, the Buick. It's it's the starting piece. The Buick uh, never did show up. And so he says, maybe you can help me because you know me. I don't think Henry's ready yet, and Molly's very confused. He knows a lot of tells her all about like where her TV used to be and what her parents used to do with her and whatever. Is paint your nails with whiteout a thing? Not, it wasn't for me, but maybe that's like a nineties thing. I mean, by the end of the nineties, I was just like a early teen. Or maybe, maybe she wasn't allowed to have nail polish or something. Oh, that would be weird. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like nail polish is maybe that was like a punk thing. I don't know. So then this was her room where she's looking at Henry. So my yeah. first thought was he he had Henry's memories, so that's how he knew all the stuff. Yeah. But then he fucking flipped it by saying he had been out in the woods. Right. Now, in between Molly talking to the kid these two times, we have the brief interlude with Reverend Appleton, whose name we finally know, yeah. or Pastor Appleton, or whatever he is. And Ruth has gone to the church. She's very disoriented and wants to know if Pangborn is alive this time. And that's the second time that that phrasing has been used. Mm -hmm. This time. Mm -hmm. This timeline. And so Henry just drives off, I guess, to... um, He's like, gotta go! And I think it's important to know that Henry's pupils are extremely dilated as he drives away from the B&B. Which is something we've seen happen to the kid before, mm-hmm. but not to Henry. So who knows what that's about? Guess we'll maybe we'll find out in episode nine. I don't know. Then we're back to the kid and Molly again. And the kid kind of seems like he's in pain as he's walking up the stairs. I don't know what that's all about. But... His bones hurt because they're too close to the fucking surface of his body. <laughs> he's hungry. They're he's... unprotected. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the, the stoop. Yeah, he's all By the way, crooked. I think they're putting something in his shoulder because his hands stay like the same length, but the shoulders all, but like that makes sense because it would be hard for someone who doesn't have that to remember to keep it up. Yeah. Right. That is true. Or maybe he's just a really great actor. I I hope it becomes a thing later on. They're like, Oh, he'll never get away. He'd need something heavy, like brown bread in a can. And then he reaches into his shoulder and is like, ha ha fuckers. I had it here the whole time. Right. Yeah, I want them to explain the shoulder stoop. It's, I want it's, brown bread and a can to come back. It's like all I can see now when I look at the kid. Mm-hmm. So as the kid is leading Molly up the stairs, the background noise is skipping, kind of like it's done previously when mm-hmm. timelines were doing goofy things. Yep. 
We don't really know why the kid knows so much, but Molly asks him and he says, because I was there, yeah. which is kind of how Molly explained how she knew what happened to Henry's dad and Henry was asking about it, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Um, and then the kid says, in the woods where you died. Bum, bum, bum. And that's the end of the episode. They just dropped that big steaming something on us. Yep. You had already credits. died when I showed you where you died. Yep. Past perfect tense. So there's a, there's a lot there's a lot more questions to add to the list now before episode nine. I yep. don't know what the heck is going on. You don't have to worry about the cops solving it. That's for fucking sure. No, gosh, that cop lady needs a snack. But now Jackie's got to be in jail. Like I don't care what scenario you're going to come up with. The cops are going to be... Now, I get the fact that it would be, oh, yes, well, local person, we understand, blah, this all seems to check out. But Henry, no fucking way. I would be a terrible cop, and even I would arrest Henry just because of his proximity to stabbed and shot people. I'd be like, you know what? Well, he already drove away. Well, that's what I'm saying, but they just had a blank. They did the whole, oh, well, you know what? The big thing went over, happened, so let's put a blanket on you and sit you at the back of the ambulance. It... I don't know if Jackie... Jackie acted in self-defense or in defense. I don't know what's going to happen, what they're going to do legally. I could ask my boss. nobody knows how it went down upstairs, because they made that big, you know, showing, taking the picture of of Lilith on the ground there, whatever. You know, so... Enter two characters to stir up some shit and then immediately die. Yeah. Except that the only theme in King that comes up as often as, you know, there are other worlds than these is that nothing stays dead. Right. It's pet cemetery. Things come back. The whole story, sometimes they come back. Vampires mm-hmm. come back. The Overlook is full of ghosts. It's yeah. all, nothing stays where the fuck it's supposed to stay. That's been, you know, from the jump. The only thing mm-hmm. that has managed to be alive and stay alive the entire time is that big cute sheepdog from the beginning who came yeah, from... Yeah, what happened to the sheepdog? They got two episodes been a now. while. Yeah. Hope they explain that. I genuinely believe that it's going to come down to they are they are launching the ship of what castle rock is and if you if you look at it from how other tv series have done things in the past i think that Mm -hmm. the spiritual father of every show that we enjoy this way now is the the spiritual parent is the x-files because the x-files had mythology and it had monster of the week so it taught us that you could have an ongoing story while still having things that don't have anything to do with it. And then the next one that I think that was significant from there was Buffy because mm-hmm. what Buffy taught us was you can have a place that causes... Because in the X-Files, they had to go all over the place to, to get their Monsters of the Week. Create right. a Hellmouth... Then all of a sudden you've got a place where you can just stay at the same place. You can have one arc because you don't have to have a giant mythology. The mythology is there's such a thing as a slayer. But then you can have a continuing series that's always in the same location. Yeah, a 
another great show that sort of does that is Gravity Falls. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. But it's, it's a really good, it's a kid's show, but it's great for adults, too. Sort of like, this is a town where a bunch of, like, weird shit happens, and it does have Monster of the Week type episodes, but there's a much larger lore behind it so that nice. goes through the backbone of the three seasons. I love Gravity Falls, if anybody ever wants to talk to me about that. That's so. fun. And yeah. then Lost let's just do mythology right and not have anything else and when it gets too heavy we'll do flashbacks so that we can not have every single thing be you know a plot point all the time so i think that what they're doing with castle rock is they're setting up the hellmouth and they're gonna do it buffy style but they're going to have callbacks throughout it like they did in Buffy. So I would say that's that's where I believe they're going. They just didn't start out saying there was a Hellmouth. They took, they're taking this first season to explain why things in Castle Rock are going to be so fucked up. Come on this ride with us. Yeah, I'm on board. And if Francis Conroy doesn't come back, God. I'm going to be so mad. Damn it. Oh, that'll be such a bummer. I don't know how they could do that. I'll be so mad that the only thing that will make me happy is the fact that she is going to be in the new American Horror Story. Well, yeah, that's true. So I'll get a little bit of a fix. So not our favorite episode by any stretch of the imagination. Nope, nope, nope. Not, Uh, Not even close. They needed to, I guess, have the kid talk. And they definitely... Mm -hmm. I will just keep giving them credit for not making it just completely stupid by throwing extra, you know, pocket sand at us every time we get close to an answer. But I'm now beginning to worry that they're not going to be able to pull out of the dive and give us enough answers for us to say, you know what, this is this is a serious, they took this seriously and they went into it knowing how they were going to get out of it. And that's yeah, what I, do I want. Yeah, I have concerns, but I, I hope they know what they're doing. I I have to believe that there's no way you can write an episode as good as The Queen. And I hope so. Fuck off the rest of it. There's no way. There's no way. Right. I'm just going to keep and, saying that to myself. And I'm not losing faith in the show. I'm just saying no. that this episode introduced things and then took them away in a way that doesn't it did not seem to advance anything unless we find out that the paintings and Lacey's legacy are much more important than we believe they are right now right yeah this episode kind of almost felt like an entirely different show to me in some ways but hopefully they'll reel it back in episode nine i'm excited to see where it's gonna go i literally have no idea where we're possibly gonna start off next time around yeah that's gonna true be, but i am excited because that'll be our final big recap before the season finale so hopefully we have a lot to talk about i think we definitely will oh we will so we that'll be lots will. of fun all right, Hannah. I'm, I know you weren't as ebullient as you usually are because there weren't a ton of Easter eggs or anything like that. I just feel like I didn't know anything this time around. Well, they didn't tell us much to know. You know what I mean? Like the, no, the, that's the, true. it's it wasn't it wasn't super fair. So I'm gonna just say I like Molly as much as I have 
all along. I don't trust the kid. I think the the key to the kid is what the the prison tape told him to do. And the fact that when the thing that's going to blow it open is Henry is going to figure out why the kid thinks he should know him. And then they're going to do whatever it is, the thing that when the kid said it started, they're going to finish it. Yeah. As it started, whatever that is. Yeah. That's that. Uh, I want Desjardins to come back. I feel like he's got lots of freaky yeah, stuff going on. That's what I'm looking forward to. He's He's got to come back. The White Wine Warden has to come back. There's no oh, way... Yeah. There's, there's no way that that can just sit the way it was. We still don't know who set the fucking Christmas fire. That can't True. be nothing. The Because the idea of all these things happening for a reason means that if someone was tiptoeing through time, setting shit up for a certain series of events, then maybe the Christmas fire making that wing of the prison available to house the kid was necessary. So that was one of the right. things that got pushed. Oh, and by the way, Molly is the one that can make him clench his fist. Molly can yeah. push things. So maybe Molly is more significant than we think. Yeah, she seems very like innocent to pull along by the tide, but maybe we're underestimating her. Ruth did know what she did to the Reverend and yeah, never said a word. True. So maybe yeah. the... I would love if the women of Castle Rock were the ones that were driving this train. That would be fun. That's that that would be a really neat and not usual for Stephen King type of as thing. As long as they're not witches, God. You know what? You leave Emma Roberts alone. I'm taking it as a personal attack. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just witches as a cheap horror device. It's right up there with the native burial ground thing. Uh, it just right. grinds it just grinds my gears. <clears throat> but that's okay. Well guys, Castle thank Rock you for listening. At Gmail. Oh yeah. And I guess we haven't been very clear about that. I did get somebody asking us. So yes, email us at castlerockhistorical at gmail.com. And like Acadia said earlier, we're both very interactive on Twitter, even though we have day jobs. Yep. So at us. At us what you're thinking. And straight up Listen to Castle Rock Critical. They are our BFFs. Oh, yeah. And they are completely fabulous. And their, their, their voices are just dreamy. So we love yeah. them the most. And I know that they were kind of kidding, but now I'm kind of serious. I kind of want us to do a Stephen King convention, even if that just consists of us and them getting hammered in Maine. That would be hilariously fun. Yeah. I think it'd be great. So let me put that together. How hot could it be? We could all stay at my brother's house. Ha ha! What's up, brother Acadia? That's right. Actually, he had he he got the first printings of all the Dark Tower books. They the little boutique press that did him originally. Uh, he always got those versions. So yeah, nice. He's the one. I will be stealing those. Study, I know, right? <laughs> Everybody heard it here. Thank you, as usual. Thank you, Hannah, for um, indulging my madness because I am I'm all spun up. I really believe that I'm close, and if I just keep saying theories, eventually one of them will be right. Exactly. Well, thank you for carrying the cast this week, because again, I felt really weak this time, so Not it's all. been fun. You are I the enjoy, best. I enjoy making stupid jokes, yes. so that was fun for me. We have a fun job. It's true. It's true. Everybody? Well, we'll see you guys for episode nine. Yep. Bye-bye.
Bye. This shit stops now!